This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. In Washington right now, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says that he will have the votes to pass the GOP debt limit later this week, his bill in the House. That plan would increase the debt ceiling by one and a half trillion dollars, and it aims to cut four and a half trillion dollars in spending over the next decade. For a look at what's ahead, we want to bring in Judd Gregg, who served as both governor and senator of New Hampshire. Also, Donna Edwards, who's a former congresswoman serving Maryland's fourth district. Thank you both for being here. Donna, why don't we start with you? you? You don't think that this is something that's going to get resolved anytime soon. No, I really don't. I mean, I expect, you know, take a look at that window between the July 4th recess and the August recess. And that's when I expect the heavy lifting is going to happen. Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, is not serious uh, with this proposal that he's put out because he knows that President Biden is not going to agree to a set of spending cuts to his major priorities of the first term of his administration. So it's not serious. I expect that it's going to go to the Senate where the heavy lift is going to happen and then come back uh, to the House. Um, there'll be a set of Senate negotiators, I believe, you know, bipartisan to get to 60 votes that's going to send a, a debt ceiling increase um, during that time period over to the House. Uh, Judd, I, I take it you probably think neither side is being very serious at this point? Yeah, it's, uh, right now we're in a political position. Uh, the McCarthy plan, Donna appropriately points out, probably isn't viable with the Democrats. And the president's position is sort of foolish, really, when you think about it. Uh, over, the t over time, when there's been a divided government, we've always had negotiation on default, on the default language and the extension of the debt limit. But I think uh, where I disagree with Donna is I think her time limit may be off. Uh, revenues are so down here in April that it's very possible in June we could run into this fall. And as a result, uh, these parties have to get serious. Now, ironically, a group in the House of Bipartisan People have put forward the exact answer that they should pursue. Uh, the Problem Solving Caucus has suggested setting up a commission like Simpson-Bowles, but only with legislative, this time it would have legislative authority, uh, which would come back okay. with a proposal, let me, which let would... Me, and I, if, if, if the production crew can just... Uh, but hold it right there, because that's Judd Gregg. We're going to bring that back, because that shows you the feckless... Republican Party that got us in this situation. Let's have a commission. Let's have a study, and let's give them a clean lift uh, on the uh, on the debt ceiling. It is a Monday, twenty four April, year of our Lord twenty twenty three. You're in the war room. We've got a lot to get through today. A lot of wood to chop, and we're going to start chopping right now with um, Russ Vote. Russ, where where do we where do you think we stand? Look, one I appreciate Speaker McCarthy having heard cats of of putting this initial plan together, but if memory serves me correctly, your plan cut $17 trillion out, I think, in the first 10 years of God's so balanced budget. 
This cuts four and a half trillion. The center of gravity of this doesn't seem to me McCarthy's plan to actually rein in spending and cut the debt ceiling. It looks a lot of it is about going after the Green New Deal. Hey, which I'm all for too, but it's it's not at the depth, and it does give them a trillion and a half dollar lift. Let's talk about the plan first. Your thoughts on that, and then let's get into where we actually stand in this process, because this week and next week are going to be quite a dogfight. Let me zoom in on that specific point about the merits of it. So my plan to get to balance in 10 years was $10 trillion in savings over 10 years. It wasn't $10 trillion in the first year. And so what this plan, the reason I support it is because if you're thinking about how in divided government, where you pick the fight, you pick it on the woke and weaponized bureaucracy. And of my plan, we had $3 trillion in discretionary savings. That's what this plan does. This goes, it puts hard caps in law every year and forces the fight this year, has a four and a half trillion total in, in cuts and savings, a trillion of it in the first year, things like uh, cuts to the bureaucracy, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, Climate Green New Deal, student loan bailout, work requirements uh, on food stamps and Medicaid, which is I think is the best place to go to start on mandatory spending. So that's, I think, setting the terms for going on offense. And I think the clips you're showing is the cartel and the regime media getting their a handle over what they didn't expect to happen. They thought that McCarthy would never govern from the right and put on the floor as the first opening salvo a package that would get people like me to support it. And he's got the moderates on board because you have other people out there like Judd Gregg. And I did have to laugh just because of the just clear ridiculousness of talking about commissions and nonsense when the real fight is the bureaucracy. And for the first time in a generation, we have a chance to go after that with the leverage point of the debt limit. Let's just go back through that. I want to make sure you walk everybody through so that they're, they're aware of this. Let's talk about the down, because everything we talked about is no increase to the debt ceiling at all, but the types of cuts you need in year one that if you do it appropriately, you don't even bump up to the debt ceiling. You can do your prioritization of payments schedule, and we get home free. It's tough. It's got to be managed. Treasury's going to you know whine about it constantly. But it's doable, and that's what we have to do in a bankruptcy. And this is essentially what we've got. Walk through the elements of McCarthy's plan block by block so people can actually understand where these cuts are coming from. Sure. First and foremost is the $3.5 trillion in cuts to discretionary spending, which is the normal government spending that is funding the agencies, the woke and the weaponized bureaucracy. That's only $130 billion, $150 billion in the first year, depending on where defense lands. It's about $150 billion. But over 10 years, that's $3.5 trillion. That, in my mind, is the biggest fight. That is what I'm most excited about. But you also have about $271 billion in repeal to the Inflation Reduction Act. You get sizable amounts by eliminating the student loan bailout, which is the, uh, amounts to about 75 basis points that the Fed would otherwise have to raise rates. You have repealing all the unobligated COVID money. You have the repeal of the IRS expansion for the agents to go into uh, middle-class Americans and people with, with uh, companies under their own name. Uh, you it's very hard to come up with a package that, that would be this good. There is a lot that we need to do to get our fiscal house in order, including going after the non-Social Security, Medicare uh, uh, mandatory programs. 
But where do we want to start the debate and have Biden in a position where he can't get out of the canyon without doing what we need to do? I believe this gets this, that job done. And let me just speak a little bit to the notion of, do you have to increase it at all? I, from the standpoint of preventing default, no, you do not. Okay, you have to, Biden could ensure with revenues coming in that he could pay interest and, tre- and, and principal on the debt. But beyond that, it does get lumpy as to do you have enough on a month by month to be able to deal with defense, Social Security, Medicare, veterans. And so that is the, that's the, the, the reason why you use the leverage points to be able to get your wins across. The lumpiness is why you need some version of a debt limit. But that doesn't mean that the initial strategy we've had from day one, which is you're not getting a debt limit because we have enough to ensure the full faith and credit of the United States. You are not getting that unless you go forward and pass our cuts. So that is why I believe this this merits the support of House Republicans. And I think they'll get that later this week. Okay. Um let me just go back to that. Uh, this is this gets to be the shift in nomenclature we warn people about. Uh, and Janet Yellen, when she keeps saying you have to pay your bills, you have to pay your bills. Paying, keeping the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, and paying off the securities, the interest and the face amount are very different than paying contractors. That in any bankruptcy you got to stretch. So I want to go back just to the lumpiness. Has Treasury given you? Their best case, I understand it may not be accurate, totally accurate, right, because money's going to come in on, on tax, you know, people paying their taxes, et cetera. But has Treasury come forward and presented in this process anything that you can actually look at and say, OK, let's look at the lumpiness. And if it is lumpy, then maybe you do. Maybe there is an argument for g- giving a slight increase. But have they come forward and shown any mathematical model, any financial model to McCarthy's people or yourself or any of the people working on this that you can actually ascertain what their best thinking is of the lumpiness of how cash comes in. No, and that's going to be something that we need to continue to call on them for. I mean, what we have is historical models and uh, a sense of how this has worked on a month-by-month basis throughout the year. Uh, and, and that's and, and some of the third-party groups out there that work on this is their number one issue. And so th- that's where that's the debate that we we need to have and i believe that republicans once they've passed this they are now in the ability to say we're going to go over we're going to go over if the x date you haven't given us models put forth a plan you haven't chosen to negotiate and they have that ability to do that uh and have that long extended debate and have the country be on their side because they have put forward a plan uh to deal with our fiscal house and get it in order let me go back to two things, so people, just so people, I understand people understand it. Matt Gates has been on here talking about the work requirements. You've been talking about the work requirements. Matt has said that that's another trillion dollars that fully implemented another trillion dollars over the ten years, but big cuts in in in, in the first two years. What's your is is that included in the three and a half or four and a half trillion? Is that fully baked in all the work requirement? Cuts, because remember, if people don't meet the work requirements, the the obligation goes away. So is that is that already baked in the four and a half trillion, or would that be something on top of? There is a work requirement savings in that four and a half trillion. I think it's about one hundred and thirty billion dollars. Uh, the trillion dollars to get to that level of savings, you have to to really begin to reform Medicaid, as I've proposed, and get people who are adults 
without children off of the Medicaid program. So to get to those larger numbers, you've got to tackle Medicaid, which our budget does. And that's why the president has attacked me personally about it. Um, and we're happy to have that debate. Uh, but this this package does include those work requirements, which is a very, very important debate to have. And I think it's one of the things that uh, I know uh, uh, Matt pushed for in this package, and I'm glad he did because we need to have that debate about how to get people off of the sidelines and off of the social safety net. Let me ask you about that. Is, is Medicaid, even in his $130 billion, he doesn't have the whole trillion, but in his $130 billion, do you have to have legislative changes to Medicaid to get that, or can you do that in this budgeting and then appropriations process? Or is it like Medicare, and, and we understand Medicare and, and Social Security off the table. Is Medicaid already baked into law? It just, is it just federal le- regulations that we could take care of it in this process? Uh, well, so Medicaid is part of this package and part of this work requirement. That's a statutory law that comes in and overrides the current auto uh, program of Medicaid, which works like Medicare. Um, but also uh, it, it was going to need to be uh, something that we take a look at throughout uh, the next few years for purposes of getting the, the massive amount of spending that that program has and getting it under control. And let me just go back to one thing you said, Steve, about the notion of default. You're absolutely right that the full faith and credit of paying interest in, in, in principle is not the same as timely payment of every one of Tony Fauci's grants to the Wuhan Institute. And that's the debate they're going to want to have. They're going to want to argue about the meaning of default, and we've just got to call them on it and just say, you're playing word games. No, I think this is very important. That's what we we uh, played Janet Yellen last week. They've shifted the conversation. They keep going, oh, you have to pay your bills. Well, paying your bills is very different than the full faith and credit of the United States. Absolutely, you have to make all the interest payments. You have to make any principal payments, particularly stuff that's going to roll over. But then you get down to the discretionary part of this, and particularly the discretionary, some of these social welfare programs, you know, it, 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 absolutely you can extend it. People do this in bankruptcies all the time. Russ, I know you got to bounce, but just hang on. i got a couple more questions after the break. We're kicking off the week uh, and where this huge, massive debate is going to be. We want to make sure the war and posse is fully up to speed on all the inside baseball. Also, Frank Gaffney and uh, Karen Siegmund. We had this amazing conference over the weekend. World War III, the early years. We're going to frame what happened and talk about all week. We're going to be rolling out content from it. Short commercial break. Russ Vogt, Frank Gaffney, Karen Siegman on the other side. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 298-9898 to get a free info kit on gold. 
They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action. Host Stephen K. Bannon. Okay. What is it? The raison d'etre of this show is to make sure that working class and middle class citizens in our nation get all the information that you see in The Economist or the Financial Times of London or the Wall Street Journal to make sure it's broken down. Uh, So not only do you understand it, that you can then use it in your personal life and then use it in your uh, in the activities you do to save your community and save your country. One of the, uh, our sponsors, Birchgold, go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get right now the end of the dollar empire, the third installment, all of them free. It's all about the politics of money, the end of the dollar empire, the politics of money. We need to make sure you fully understand how money and power are intertwined in the imperial capital of Washington, D.C. Once you understand that, you can then start to deconstruct the administrative state and actually have a... Um, have a victory without bloodshed against the Chinese Communist Party. But you have to understand it first. Go to birchgold.com. The third installment is the, wait for it, the debt trap. We talk everything about the debt ceiling, how we got here, what the fights have been before, and kind of talk about a path going forward. Russ Vogt is our, our guest, one of the leaders of this movement to get to a balanced budget and to save not just the republic, but the dollar. Russ, the um, are these... Because you've been, the reason people love you and you come on here, by the way, we got Jeff Clark on in the second hour and he was amazing on the show on Saturday talking about the EPA and the, and the, and the electric vehicle and all this madness that's going on. Your group just does such a great job of very, being very straightforward with people. Is this cuts, real cuts, or are we just in the game of cutting the rate of spending? I see where you're, we're going to go back to, 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 to 2022 numbers, but that was increases over past years. It's one of the arguments against them. And then we're talking about slower growth rates. So in your mind, are we getting to real cuts here in the Leviathan's uh, budget, sir? This is real cuts. This is a going back to a 20% cut on non-defense, which I have to explain that when you, when you keep Department of Homeland Security a little bit higher, you keep veteran spending, that's a non-defense agency. What does that amount to? That amounts to 30% cuts to the Department of Education, the Department of CRT. That amounts to 30% cuts to the NIH, which is funding Tony Fauci's gain-of-function research, CDC that promulgated the pandemic that we know and, and, and bled for as a nation, uh, 50% cuts to foreign aid, basically just leaving real diplomacy in place that you don't have Bob Dylan statutes in Mozambique or funding gay activists in Senegal, LGBT activists in Senegal. Over and over, you have examples of woke and weaponized government that gets we get rid of if we have a fight this year. That's $150 billion in this in the standpoint of trillions of dollars. Doesn't sound like that much, but that's what looks like 30% cuts to these agencies that will deal a mortal blow to the bureaucracy. And then you cap that and have only a slight growth that allows you to be able to keep funding defense or have. Uh, closer to, to, to flat levels of funding for defense, 
you grow that for 10 years and you get three and a half trillion dollars of savings. Now, is that savings on the basis of how Washington, D.C. shows numbers? Yes, it is. But the way that Washington, D.C. also shows numbers is partly how we know we have trillion dollars and upwards of two trillion dollars in deficits. And so we work within the current system. Part of it is totally screwed up to based on anyone who is coming from a, a, a business or uh, a normal field of accounting anywhere else. But we present to you the realness of those cuts and the best way to account for them. And we have four and a half trillion dollars of savings in this, I believe. And we're excited about that. And I think that's what people need to know. Yes, you're giving up something. You're giving a year but what are you getting for in the standpoint of leverage when Biden needs this to pass? And if you're on the other side, and I love coming in here and getting skeptics because we need more skeptics in this country. The reason why I think you put forward something now is because if you hold back constantly and then the markets spook, you're only going to have two or three people that hold the line. You've got to be able to put forward, this is what we are for And if that is what you're for is actually what's needed to get the country in the right direction, I believe it is. Now you've got the moral high ground to be able to fight over the next several months with with Biden. Uh, And this will be a running fight all the way through 2024, the way it's structured. Russ, where do people can they go to your site and actually get the breakdown in, in your language of exactly what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. If they go to AmericaRenewing.com. Uh, we have a, uh, a fact sheet on the package and they get my statements and they can, of course, get me at uh, all the social media channels at at Russ Vote. And, and particularly uh, Getter and on uh, Twitter, you're up all the time. Uh, I know that I'm with the, the, the hardcore war room. We're still <laughs> not give a penny and do Russ Vote's prioritization of payments and massive cuts. But I'd like at least I like the direction of we're taking a stand and telling the moderates it can't be any commissions, that we've got to stop all the nonsense. I just think that you give them the million and a half or next May, whatever comes first, given the collapse of the economy, it's going to be up on us again. If you approve this, we're going to be back at this right after the appropriations process. So the good news is we put this front and center. We also have to make sure they can't uh, run, you know, start to blame, oh, the economy's slowing down because of this. The economy's not slowing down because of this. One of the reasons it's so tough to get to a deal here is because the economy's imploding. They just put uh, 11 banks, Moody's just downgraded 11 banks and put them on watch, regional banks, because of the Biden disaster. So it's a disaster across the board. Russ, one more time, where do they go Where do they go to find out your breakdown of this McCarthy plan? Uh, AmericaRenewing.com is our website, and uh, we'll do everything we can to highlight that breakdown uh, on the site so they uh, people can find it. Russ, fantastic. Last question. When do you think the voting will start? you think the end of this week, early next week? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday. It'll happen this week, assuming he has the votes and, you know, some folks are still coming home. But uh, it's probably Thursday, but possibly Wednesday. Russ, vote. Thank you. Honored to have you on here. Thanks, Steve. 202-225-3121 is the House. 202-224-3121 is the Senate. We want everybody to call now and to give your two cents. Maybe go to Russ's site and look at the proposal McCarthy has. I'm still a hardcore, don't give them an inch, don't give them a penny, make them fight for this. I think there is even a better deal out there, and we got to drive this. uh, we got to drive a stake in the heart 
of the administrative state, and we have to start now. Uh, and it's all chips on the table because this is going to be incredibly important to vote this week. We've got to make sure our voice is heard. But go check Russ's out. I think Russ makes a lot of great comments about Kevin McCarthy's got a very difficult job hurting all the cats. We just got to make sure they have an anchor here, an anchor to windward, and that is the war room, right? That's our job is to make sure that we're, we not just understand it, but take the hardest line possible. Frank, yeah, so there's a very special uh, event over the weekend. There's really the start of a process to inform uh, our fellow citizens, not just MAGA, but our fellow citizens about, you know, we're like in 1938 or, or 37 or 38, back in the 20th century, and it was only Churchill was out there then. We have a whole team of people out there, some of the greatest voices and thinkers in our movement. We had World War III, the early years, by the American Freedom Alliance. Karen was on Saturday. Frank, you were one of the keynote speakers. Give us your assessment, particularly the fact that this is just firing off the football. Every day this week, we're going to be taking parts of the conference and actually laying them out to people so they can become force multipliers. Give me your assessment. You've done this for a long time. Give me your assessment of the weekend. Well, first of all, let me just say I thoroughly appreciate that maritime reference to an anchor to windward. That is what the war room is, Steve, and God bless you for being it. And uh, and thank you for essentially uh, helping Karen Sigeman, the fabulous director of our American Freedom Alliance, uh, to conceive of this uh, program. It, it was really, I call it War Room West. We had... The, the all-star cast from the War Room uh, National Security Team in place, everybody was on their game. Uh, Karen, of course, uh, does a great program, but she helped the rest of us, um, I think, make the kinds of points, Steve, about where we are. Um, I noted that maybe it's the early years of World War III, maybe it's the only years of World War III. She also gave me a wonderful opportunity to, uh, let's see if I can get this in focus, um, promote The War Room. Um, book one, it's not showing up because it's blurred for some reason, but uh, it's the indictment, and uh, we talked about it a lot. A lot of people bought the uh, sneak previews, in fact, of the book, uh, which, of course, as you know, Steve, as you have given us the foreword as well as the uh, imprimatur of The War Room, it is the book that explains the indictment that can help us take down the Chinese Communist Party. And I'm with you on trying to do it without firing a shot. We did it once before with the last totalitarian communist uh, regime that sought the destruction of this country, the Soviet Union, thanks to Ronald Reagan. The strategy we are pursuing here, promoted by the counterpart to the Committee on the Present Danger of Reagan's years uh, is the Committee on the Present Danger China's strategy of using delegitimization and the um, actions of both indicting in the court of public opinion at a minimum this transnational criminal organization and better yet taking a series of 20 identified actionable steps that are needed starting with Ending the, well, travesty of having the elite capture of America's, you know, top um, leaders across our country's, you know, business, finance, academic, media, culture, and of course, political uh, elites. And Steve, you were on your game as well. I want to say it was very disappointing, of course, that you couldn't be there in person, but, um, and despite some technical difficulties, um, your 
Q&A, particularly with the uh, posse that was very much in evidence out there, was uh, really the piece de resistance of the whole program. And I just want to thank you and thank Karen for letting me be part of it. I was proud to be so. Frank, you're amazing. Uh, give social media, how they get to your site and how they get to the book. The social media is Gaffney at on all the platforms. Um, it is also securefreedom.org, presentdangerchina.org, and securingamerica.tv. Thanks so much. The indictment is the book. Frank Gaffney, thank you. Karen Siegerman, Colonel Derek Harvey next. Friends, it's hard to trust anything anymore. Our most important institutions are being systematically destroyed. Are you prepared for things to get worse? Because true freedom comes from self-reliance. And that means having emergency food on hand. Invest your food foundation with three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. That's a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. These kits provide over 2,000 calories per day for energy during tough times. Get breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. The food's delicious. Your whole family will love it. Order yours today and receive a free Gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system valued at $279 as a bonus. Let me repeat that. You order today. You get a free gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system valued at $279 as a bonus. With this offer, you're securing food and purified water for the next crisis. Your three-month kit and free Alexa Pure Pro are all shipped to your doorstep in discreet boxes with free shipping included. Don't let this emergency food offer from My Patriot Supply pass. Action today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Get your order in and your free gravity-powered Alexa Pure Pro water filtration system valued at $279. Stephen K. Bath. Okay, welcome back. Um, Everybody, they saw Bed Bath and Beyond collapse in bankruptcy. Not just bankruptcy, I think it's a Chapter 7 where they're going to liquidate it. Of course, I put up all weekend on Getter uh, mocking them about when they kicked Mike Lindell out. That's when things really started going the wrong way for him. Of course, the left came back, oh, it was Amazon, it was this and this and this. Hey, a big part of it was disrespecting MAGA disrespecting the Trump movement, disrespecting the deplorables, America First, MAGA, all of it, uh, by kicking MyPillow out. You can go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. The uh, sleep the sleep of the just, you do it on this new pillow, the MyPillow 2.0, and of course the topper. Toppers, you get a massive discount on the toppers, the topper 2.0. You get buy one, get one free on the pillow. It's just extraordinary. Uh, Mike Lindell's taking a little time off, but uh, make sure you go. Let's keep those factory lines open. MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. You go to WARM, you're going to get all the deals. You go to our square, you get all the deals. So make sure you check it out. Also, I really want to thank, we're going to figure out how to do something special for everybody who came, all the Warren Posse that came to L.A. this weekend. So I hopefully will be getting out to California sometime, maybe in June. We'll figure it out. We'll get a date. But I really appreciate everybody showing up, and I really appreciate everybody coming to me and saying, hey, uh, when are you going to start doing the afternoon show again? Natalie is fabulous. She does an incredible job. But I had meetings last week, and uh, starting today, I'll be back on double duty doing the five and the six. 
We've got some very special stuff going on. Natalie's going to be doing a bunch of special reports for us, particularly on these investigations that are going on in Capitol Hill. We also have some, uh, uh, she may be making some changes here to actually make our coverage in Washington, D.C. even sharper. We'll get to all that uh, later in the week. I want to bring in Karen uh, Siegeman now from the American Freedom Alliance. Uh, incredible. I never could envision it would be this great, uh, the, the World War III, the early years. It was needed to kind of set the, the intellectual framework for uh, our construct of what's actually going on. It was so powerful, and I really want to thank the Warren Posse that showed up. The feedback I got from people was just incredible. So, Karen, the, the key is just because it's a conference, now we're really going to start. We're going to start pushing out the content. We're going to start pushing out the speaker. Why don't you go through what your assessment is of, of the opening weekend of this process of informing the folks in the United States, the Chinese Communist Party has already started coming to war with us on World War III. And quite frankly, this will be a global conflict. And unless we start getting very focused right now, both foreign and domestic, that this is a conflict we actually could lose, ma'am. I have to say it was an absolutely astounding weekend. It would have been an astounding weekend wherever we had held it. Um, the fact that it was in Los Angeles just made it extra, I don't know, poignant in a way, um, delicious in another way. Um, to be, you know, we all living here, we sort of feel we're behind enemy lines. And for so many of us, we had well over 200 people, close to 300 people converging on Los Angeles for this purpose um, to learn about or to learn more about. World War III, as, as you had framed it, the early years, and I heard Frank say, and he had said this at the event, maybe it's the only years, and this is exactly um, the issue. We have to make sure that um, we recognize that we we have, in fact, been at war, or, or at least they have been at war with us. And the issue is too many of us have not even been aware that we're already losing a fight, um, or even, even worse, that our the elite capture by the CCP of the United States um, governance, many of our industries and so on, they've already been captured and already been playing for the other side. So the point of the conference was to highlight the threat of this, the direness of this threat, the urgency of acting, of making sure that not only the people in the room, but the, as you had noted, the American people generally, and, and also this is global, this isn't American War um, Three. this is World War Three, and they've been waiting for some time. Many of the points that were made, um, it's, yes, it's China, wars don't look the way they always had, and we need to be very cognizant of that. The very notion of unrestricted warfare is key when you've already lost and you haven't even been aware that you're fighting um, that's one of the nature aspects of unrestricted warfare. To address that, we had General Robert Spaulding, who wrote Stealth War, which is a great description, um, going into more detail and, and more accessible of the two uh, Chinese colonels, I believe, who wrote the book Unrestricted Warfare, and that includes absolutely everything. But the entire range of speakers that we had were absolutely the A-team on national security, um, on we, the economy, we we added Ed Dowd. Um, on AI, we had um, Joe Allen. We had Rima Labo on um, health security. So we touched on 
it, whatever you can do in two days, we really packed an unbelievable amount yeah. of information in there. And we gave our speakers generally, generally about half an hour to really develop um, their their view, their vision, yeah. their thoughts about the threats that we've been facing, starting with Frank Gaffney, who you just had on, which was fabulous. So, so, so here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get clips. We're going to put all week. Yeah. We're going to put clips out and have the actual speakers on. We're going to develop this and then push it on social media. The first thing is to make sure all the war room posse is fully up to speed on this. Once we have that, then we the concentric ring goes out to the rest of the conservatives and Republicans, and then to your neighbors and your friends, and they will be, I think, yeah. quite absorbed by this. So this is going to be a ma massive effort over the summer every day because there's so many different aspects of this, everything from fentanyl coming across. You know, John Mills has got a plan to interdict the fentanyl traffic down with the Mexican cartels. Uh, people have ways to go economic warfare and defeat this and clean out Wall Street. Uh, there's other people talking about the uh, the woken, weaponized administrative state that's been infiltrated. It's the universities. It's all of it. So this is a multi-front, multi-dimensional. And I tell people the three things, you have, to me, it's about the scale of it. It's a global yeah. conflict from Brazil to the Caribbean. Number two is the urgency of it. We're already in the first couple of years that so they've declared war on us. And the other is uniqueness of it in that never before has the United States been uh, been faced with a conflict where not an insignificant part of our elites, they call it elite capture, almost thinks it's elite merger, that our elites and our leading institutions are essentially in partnership or in no, uh, nothing less than a fifth column working with the yeah. enemy. That's the scale and the complexity of this. And that's why I was so proud of the... So how can people, where do they go right now to find out more? We had the great uh, one sheet, but I know we're getting clips out. We're going to have, uh, in fact, Brian Kennedy is going to join us in the afternoon show. Uh, how do we, uh, how do, where do we go right now? Where do people go right now to get more information? Uh, go to the American Freedom, well, not the, AmericanFreedomAlliance.org, and we'll be putting our videos up on Rumble. I'll be posting things on Getter. Um, the clips will be coming up shortly, but we also put up the entire content um, again on Rumble. The the range of speakers was astounding. We'll be making, uh, of course, more clips that have greater punch um, rather than the entire thing. Um, all of it will be up there um, on our Rumble channel, American Freedom Alliance. And yeah, you know, the urgency there. That's the panel that Frank Gaffney led at the very end. You see Brian Kennedy, uh, General Spaulding, Trevor Loudon, and Dave Walsh talking. They, this was the concluding panel talking about what do we do now, which I think is you know key to all of this. And I love that we're going to be releasing this um, over the over the summer over a longer period because when you think about two days to cover World War Three, it's out. No. We, we did a tremendous job, I have to say, for two day for two days, and it's great for that to be just the beginning. It's it's like an introductory chapter to a to a big, uh, a very serious book. But we're going to get into all of it. By the way, I just want to make an aside for bring Derek Harvey in. When I did Q and A, and I did about an hour of Q and A, they had a little technical problem. But I did Q and A, which I think people are here. I want to make sure people understand this. They asked somebody asked about Robert F. Kennedy and you know the great speech at Hillsdown, his opening speech, and. Uh, what did I think about his prospects? And I said, look, I'm a Kerry Lake person, but if Kerry Lake is, you know, becomes governor as she should, if this court case or if not, she runs for the Senate, if she's not available to be Trump's VP, 
that Bobby Kennedy would be, I think, be an excellent choice for President Trump to consider. It was a standing ovation. <laughs> I think that that, <laughs> I think people, and this was a hardcore, this was a very hardcore MAGA uh, war room posse crowd. I think that that is a signal to the political elites in this country <laughs> that something very different is going on. And uh, I thought it was quite extraordinary. But Karen, thank you. Look forward to having you back on and all the speakers uh, this week and next week. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for doing it. Extraordinary event, World War III, the early years by the American Freedom Alliance. Like I said, Brian Kennedy is going to join me this afternoon. Brian's going to be in the 5 o'clock show. I think we're going to schedule for the 5 o'clock. We'll get into it all. Uh, also, Todd Benzman. I think we're trying to get Todd for the 6. I've got Derek Harvey. Derek, breaking news, and I know we got things to go through with you. Remember, Derek was, was at the – he was – first off, he was over there – as the senior guy for Devin Nunez on the House Intelligence Committee, and then he was in the White House on the National Security Council for President Trump, and is one of the most revered uh, individuals in the uh, in the U.S. Army, um, in particular the work he did in Iraq to kind of save us there. Derek, it's just announced Susan Rice is uh, stepping down from the White House uh, just a couple of days before Biden announces his uh, his candidacy. G- give us your uh, assessment of what's not just Susan Wright's the person, but what she represents as far as the administrative state in the deep state, sir. Well, I think Susan Rice, you know, I've been looking at this and trying to figure out who's been really one of the key uh, consigliaries for everything that is being orchestrated from the Biden White House. And, you know, I think that she's kept a very low profile uh, for the last two and a half years, but she's been absolutely critical to shaping and pushing the Biden agenda, whether it's across the economic domain, they pushed a partner with China on electric vehicles and shifting and dramatically changing our economic basis and the capitalist structure in our country and the overreach on the regulation. Now, why is she leaving now? I don't I don't know. Um, there have been a number of things that have dropped. And I, I just wonder, I'm speculating right now, is there something that might be about to drop? Uh, in the news uh, about her ties to something that our congressional investigators are digging into that goes back to her role during uh, some of the shenanigans in the pre in the Obama administration or working with uh, the Biden team. Uh, She's been absolutely critical and she's so closely tied with the Obama team and, and it's been involved in, you know, uh, a number of foreign policy roles in the past too. So, um, I don't know what's going on, but I, I no, I'm just but, wondering. Derek, when people when people say that Biden is really the th- the third term and the more radical term of of Obama, what they're talking about is Susan Rice. I mean, Susan Rice is she's like Eric Holder. Eric Holder and Susan Rice were the two senior uh, advisors to uh, to. Uh, President Obama, and she was both international affairs, national security, and now domestic. Right. She's had her hands in, in it. She's had her hands in everything. She's about as she is about. She's the poster girl for the administrative slash deep state. Am I wrong in that? No, you're absolutely correct. And and she represents that Obama wing of the Democrat Party that still has firm control over the Biden White House and what is going on by the Biden administration right now. The other wing uh, is, you know, the Hillary Clinton wing and the, the old Bill Clinton wing of the party, which is, you know, at its low ebb, I think, right now within the party. Um, 
and she represents that tie to the Obama team, which really has been orchestrating everything. Okay, we're taking a short break. Colonel Derek Harvey is going to join us on the other side. We also have Jeff Clark. We're going to talk more about these unbelievable regulations coming out on really trying to a radical transformation of American society and culture around the economy and net zero carbon. Also, he's going to give us a report about East Palestine, Ohio. A lot more to go through. Back in a moment, Colonel Derek Harvey in the war room. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Use social media taking on big tech protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Ron DeSantis tried to cut seniors' benefits. In Congress, DeSantis voted three times to cut Social Security, even to privatize Medicare. Worse, DeSantis wanted to raise the retirement age to 70. Ron DeSantis would make us work longer to get less. President Trump promised. We will protect Medicare and Social Security. President Trump delivers, and he always will. Make America Great Again, Inc. is responsible for the content of this advertising. Look, I think Governor Santos is doing a very good job as governor. And my recommendation has been he should finish that and, and get ready for 2028. Of course, he and President Trump are into it now with his back and forth about Florida and about all that. But today, I think he's leaving, or in a couple of days, he's leaving for a trip to like Israel and then Japan and Korea and all. It's just, it's, it's just bad timing. It's a bad look. I understand you want to go over and, you know, have, be able to say, hey, burnish my credentials by you know going over and cutting trade deals or talking about deals with 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 uh for florida but it's just a bad look particularly given where everybody is right now in this primary and what's going on i think it's just a bad look and you know one of the the hits is that you don't have enough international experience you're not going to get it by some ridiculous quick and dirty go shake a few hands in south korea go shake a few hands in 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 uh in Japan, that takes a long time of involvement and engagement and understanding uh, what's actually going on here. And I think the way that 
you saw the flip-flopping on Ukraine. I thought his first part about Ukraine was fantastic, but you see the flip-flopping in Ukraine. It's going to take a lot more study, a lot more thinking. You just can't wing this. You know, we're in the early days of the Third World War. A war has been declared on us by our enemies and are being supported by a fifth column here in this country. The Larry Finks of the world, the Wall Street Titans, uh, Sequoia Capital, the venture capitalist. A guy who knows that better than anybody is Colonel Derek Harvey. is one of the brightest guys in the America First movement, somebody that President Trump has really depended upon, and someone will play a, a huge role in the second term. Colonel Harvey, she's uh, Susan Rice as being a poster girl for the administrative state and the deep state. Uh, it, just define that for the audience, because I want to talk about how you have this interlinking thing of consultants, venture capitalists, financiers, big tech, all of it, yeah. that all kind of work in unison. So walk us through it, sir. Well, I think we've had, you know, over the last eight years, a pretty good inside-out game by the Democrat Party, the DNC, the campaigns, and this government in exile, where Democrats land in places like uh, Beacon Global Strategies or the Atlantic Council or Brookings or one of the other think tanks around uh, D.C. or even at University of Pennsylvania, where Biden and his team uh, planted the flag. Um they, you know, when you look at this, you know, let's just get, use the example of Beacon Global Strategies. Now, seven of the signers of that of that of those fifty-one Intel former Intel people who signed that letter, saying that the Post story about the Hunter laptop was Russian disinformation. Seven of those people came from Beacon Global Strategies, to include current Secretary of State Blinken, Mike Morrell. Uh, Andy Shapiro, Jeremy Bash, a number of other people, okay? that, And then you look at who these people are and who they're married to, this inside-out game. You know, Secretary Blinken's wife, um, now, to understand this, she worked for Vice President Biden in, when he was vice president. She ran his campaign, his campaign in 2008, his failed presidential campaign. She works in the current Biden uh, White House. This is Secretary Blinken's wife. She's she worked for the Clinton Global Foundation, okay, and was the scheduling secretary for uh, First Lady Clinton. If you looked at looked at Peter Strzok inside the FBI or Lisa Monaco, let's go back to Peter Strzok for example. Peter Strzok's wife is head of enforcement for the Securities and Exchange Commission. She's the one that's investigating and holding up the Trump social uh, financial uh, organization progress and access in the merger that they're going through. So, and this has been on been delayed by her for what 18 months now, with no movement whatsoever. These people are planted in these organizations around DC. They're married to each other. They're in the same groups. You look at Lisa Monaco and and the FBI. She and and people like her at DOJ are not enforcing American law. Um, Commerce Secretary Gensler is not enforcing American law against China. Why? Because the donor class for the Democrat Party and some of the elite Republicans are tied, are benefiting from Chinese investments, Chinese influence, contributions to universities or their funds. They're given special access to investments in China that profit them, uh, whether it's Sequoia Capital or, you know, BlackRock. 
it's part of a club and they're in a movement and they don't care about American security, in my view, just like uh, Karen said, who, who you know talked about the weekend briefings that you guys went through. You what go back is, to this inside um, out, Steve. Steve, yeah. you go back to this inside out game. You know, we saw this inside out game during the Obama administration. Okay, using the FBI, the CIA, and other organizations to start a, an investigation of Trump under false pretenses, and using elements of the Patriot Act to enable them to go in into secret courts under false pretenses, perjured perjured themselves, and you know. No accountability. They tried the same thing against Bernie Sanders in 2016. The Hillary campaign was behind this effort with, with the Obama administration and the inside-out game to go after Trump. We saw this, this inside-out game with the New York Post story and other things. And we also see this inside-out game going on with the January 6th issue. And, you know, one could talk at length about, you know, what we're learning on January 6th. But I'll stop there. Hey, yeah, hang on for one second. I'll tell you what, let, let us take a break because I want to come back. I want to talk about who's under whose purview, because this has to be investigated. Already, already uh, Hunter Biden's lawyers, Abby Lowell, are all over, uh, all over one of Peter uh, Navarro's assistants for putting up some uh, material that's broken over the weekend. They're all over MTG. Uh, they're trying to bring ethics charges against her. Uh, it's where the investigative center of gravity exist. Colonel Derek Harvey, formerly of the House Intel Committee and the National Security Council under President Trump. Join us after a short commercial break. Jeff Clark is on deck. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com.
Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.